0: Welcome to episode one of Locked On Lightning, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Danker. We're finally here with episode one of Locked On Lightning. And boy, do we have a lot to talk about. It's been a busy week getting the show together, but we're finally here. Happy presence Day to everyone who has the day off. And if you don't, well, at least you could listen to this. So, we have a lot to cover on today's show. We got a little Zach Cassian talk. Going to go into that. As well as we're going to talk about the game that happened on Saturday between the Flyers and the the Lightning. As well, we're going to talk about Boston in the division race. uh, Tonight's game against the Avs. And the Lightning making a little noise before the trade deadline acquiring Blake Coleman from the New Jersey Devils. So, before I get into that though, let me introduce myself. My name is Adam Danker, uh, and you might be asking yourself what what qualifies me to be the host of this show, and I'll tell you right now. Uh, I have a huge love for hockey. I. It also helps that I worked three years at NHL.com with a host of Locked On Rangers, John Chick, so I definitely come very well recommend it. And I'm super excited to be coming to all Lightning fans every day, Monday through Friday, talk about Lightning, and maybe on the weekend sometime, depending if something crazy happens, a big-time game, or whatever the case may be. So I'm, I'm super excited to be talking to you guys every day about one of the best teams in hockey right now, and I'm super excited to be on the bandwagon for the cup run. So here we go. So Zach Cassian last week he uh, was involved in an incident with Eric Chernick, uh during the, the Oilers game, in which uh, they they got tied up or tied up uh, fighting for a puck, and it, it kind of evolved into a little bit of a looked like a dog pile almost. Whereas Turek fell on top of Cassian, who and then was already on top of one of his own teammates, and I guess I'm not sure whether it was the hit or. Maybe there was something said between the two, but Cassian took exception to whatever it was, and he he gave him a look, and he uh, kicked him in the chest with his blade. And I was shocked. I was, first of all, shocked that he did that at all, but at the same time, if you look at Cassian's track record, the guy was on game two of just coming off a suspension so the guy has a history and plus i'm sure if you've been following hockey the entire season you know he had that little incident about i want to say a month ago with uh kachuk of the the calgary flames in which uh he went after him and then they they had some exchanging of words and so on but the thing that even shocked me more than the act itself was the the fact that he only got seven games. Um, You know, this was a good good time for the league to, to throw the book at this guy, and they gave him seven games. Now, I don't understand the reasoning. I haven't seen or read anything that the league explained their reasoning for it, but I still think that if you... Are going to enforce player safety, then you should be, you should t- you should back it up by, by, by giving him multiple games. I, I mean not multiple games, but by giving him double digit games. Okay, that the, we're talking about an action that could have seriously hurt Eric Chernak, and I'm not just saying that because it happened to a Lightning player, but I'm just saying it because. There could be incidents in the future where this could happen. And it. thank God he wasn't seriously hurt. And I have seen players get suspended for more games for doing less. So I'm not really sure what the deal is with all this. But hopefully maybe more will come out as the days go on. Now time for a little segment that we'll be doing on future episodes going forward. And that's uh, the game recap. Uh, depending on... The importance of the game, whether they're playing a division rival or they're playing, or they're playing another top team in the league. So we'll, we'll, I'll take all of that into consideration going forward. But for the sake of time today, since it's the first episode and we have a lot to get into, I'm going to do a little quick game recap. So the, so the Lightning played the Flyers uh, Saturday night, um, okay. and you know the, the, the whole, the whole thing. I try to treat, uh, preach with with hockey is that let's the team has to get off to a good start. And they definitely did that. They wasted no time. They scored three 14 into the first, uh, a pretty impressive goal by Ellis Kalorant on the doorstep. He, they got, he had zero space really. And somehow he jammed it in, which was great. And then Cedric Paquette added another one right at the end of the, the first to go into the intermission two nothing. And then the second, second period was more of the same with, uh, Carter, Carter Verhage on a one-timer on a nice pass from Victor had been setting him up right in front, and it looked like the the Lightning were smooth sailing for the rest of the game. But then you know Philly bounced, hit them right back with a uh, got on the board at 8 8.57 in into the into the period, and then. This goal, you know, they, they bounced back and forth. They they scored back and forth. But the goal I really want to talk about that was really impressive was uh, Braden, Braden points in the third period. He received the pass in the neutral zone, <clears throat> skated, into, skated into the offensive zone, and he just ripped one from the blue line. And the thing that was very impressive about it was that if you look at the replay, he he it didn't look like he had the angle to go pad side, but somehow he did, and he fit it through. And I I thought, watching it in live time, I thought Hart had a good angle on him, but he just ripped it, and it was an unbelievable goal. If you haven't gotten a chance to watch it, go back on NHL.com or wherever you get your your highlights for the games. Take a look back at it. It's absolutely a truly impressive goal. So after that, uh, the Flyers scored two unanswered goals to make it interesting pretty late, but then... After that, with the goalie pulled, you know, the uh, Kucherov just threw one in for the empty, empty netter, and that was icing on the cake. From there on, now don't let the score fool you. Okay, the the Bolts were in control of this game the entire time, um, and they they showed they showed that they they could force their way around with a team, a lesser team such as Philly. And you know, these teams are not even the same division. And when I say division, I mean. same weight class Uh, a little boxing reference there but yeah they're not in the same weight class if you look at if you look at the two teams stacked together the lightning are on a whole nother level and you know sometimes the score will not reflect that so a little segment I'll do after each game recap I'll talk about the player of the game in my book you know not necessarily who got the first star But the 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 player that walked away from this game that truly impressed me, and I give the first ever, locked on lightning star of the game to is Andre Vasilevsky, and I think that comes as no surprise, as he stopped thirty shots, Um, and that that gave this win gave him thirty two total, and that's eight ahead of Carey Price, and that makes he's in lead for for wins in the entire league, and that's super impressive. To have 32 wins, and, you know, he's been on in an, an incredible streak lately, 19-0-2 in his last 21 starts. Now, th- this guy just has com- ridiculous numbers, and I think he's a sure lock at this point for the Vezina Trophy, but you never know. You know, the, the, the league clearly works in mysterious ways with... Suspensions and you know, you never know if there might be a dark horse as well with awards So we'll have to see so with that win against the Flyers on Saturday the Bolts extended their winning streak to 10 straight and that ties a franchise record and That win at home was also their 11th straight to set a new franchise record for the most consecutive wins at home now the most important thing about this was that they gained ground on Boston and the one thing I'm going to be doing, since this is such a tight race in the division, you know, every night, you know, the one team wins and the other team loses, vice versa, and it's it's going to be one of the, it's going to come down to the wire. I think that's what it's really going to come down to. And what I'm going to do, since it's going to be such a tight race, is that I am going to talk about the Lightning, and then I'm also going to kind of briefly talk about Boston, the Boston game, if if the Bruins played that night, I'll just talk about very briefly, you know, how they did, whether they won or lost, um, what going on with their players, and how, how maybe us as Lightning fans could come up with a strategy, or maybe we think we have the answers to how we could gain ground on Boston. You know, these teams played before earlier in the season, and they'll be meeting again March 2nd, so... We definitely want to keep a, a, an eye out for that. And when it comes to a tight divisional race, you, you kind of have to find yourself rooting for opposing teams that are playing. Uh, the team that you're trying to catch, obviously. And they, they played they played the Rangers on Sunday. And, you know, the Rangers are a young, scrappy, tough team. And, you know, they the thing that I noticed, obviously Boston won 3-1, um, if you didn't see. But what I noticed... Uh, just from briefly watching the game, I only watched a little bit of the second and a little bit of the third period, is that other than, you know, the the goals and all that stuff, what, what I really saw that really stuck out to me was that for the most part, the Bruins had their way with this team, and now that was no surprise. I don't think anyone watching that game thought that the Rangers were going to go in there and just dominate, but, you know, hockey's a funny sport like that. But... If you look at especially the last I want to say last 10 minutes of the third period you'll see that the Rangers played a very weir- different style of hockey and if you, if you looked closely it was very similar to how the Blues played the Bruins in in the Stanley Cup finals last year and that was a very physical game you know they 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 they, they, they were anytime time they got a chance, the Rangers are laying the body on these guys, and I think that's what it comes down to. They 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 struggle with. Um, obviously, they have big hitters like Chara and you know Krug and guys like that who are going to lay the body. But I think there was. I think that if you know if, he, if Hedman in a hypothetical game, if he goes toe to toe with Pasternak and you know just tries and stands him up, I think Hedman could have his way with a guy like Pasternak. But we'll keep our eye on that going forward. Obviously, like I just said, these teams will play each other March 2nd, so that's coming up pretty quickly. So, a quick look at the standings right now. Boston's in first place with 86 points and Tampa's right behind them with 83. And yeah, so like I just said, we're going to I'm going to update you guys when warranted about the Boston games. Obviously, this is a Tampa first podcast, but at the same time We're going to have to play the watch the standings game, watch the box score game. Because the Boston games to to the Lightning going forward are just as important as the Lightning games going forward. And what I mean by that is, obviously, we want to see how Boston reacts to certain opponents. You know, maybe they'll, they'll show their hand and other opponents will expose a flaw in Boston's game. And that's definitely something we want to look forward to. As well as... You know, it definitely helps anytime the Lightning play win a game and Boston loses one, so the Lightning are able to gain ground. So, and Boston has Edmonton, Calgary, and Vancouver coming up. So, I'll definitely try to keep an eye on the Edmonton game just because that's Edmonton's a young, exciting team. And, well, so is Calgary. So, well, you know, those are not easy games for Boston, but we'll see, especially since they're West Coast games. You know, so with the time difference, maybe they'll give the uh, Edmonton and Calgary the advantage, and as well as Vancouver. But let's talk about the Lightning upcoming schedule. Tonight, they got the the Colorado Avalanche at seven uh, 9 o'clock. And Thursday, they got Vegas. Saturday, they got Arizona. Now, the Avs are third place in the central division with 72 points and you know it was the last meeting was not ideal for the lightning they played a very sloppy game and ended up losing 6-2 at home now this took back in october so obviously the same team that played that night hopefully we don't have a repeat re- performance because then we're going to have to start talking about other things with this team and you know we don't the lightning we don't really want the lightning to make a deal at the trade deadline based on panic cuz that's not something you ever want to do now another thing what i'll be doing going forward in future shows is that i'll be talking about the opposing team's player to watch obviously you know the player in this game against colorado that we're going to have to be looking out for is nathan mckinnon the guy is absolutely incredible you know if you let him do whatever he wants on the ice. It's going to be a long night for for the Lightning, of course. Uh, he has thir- thirty two goals, and that puts him sixth in the NHL. And like I said, you know, but Nate McKinnon is a great player. He's one of the best in the league. But they also have other other weapons as well as Gabriel Landeskog and Cal McCarr. So it's going to be a, it's going to be a, a tough test to see how the Lightning do, especially on the West Coast trips. Uh, sometimes you know jet lag and all that stuff, that could maybe weigh down the team. But I think Coach Cooper will definitely have the boys uh, prepared tonight. So we'll we'll take a look at that, hopefully. Uh, I'm predicting, I'm going to have to say a 4-3 win for the Lightning. So I don't think Vasilevsky will play tonight. I think uh, Coach will give him a, a breather for now. I think he will play maybe... The Vegas game or the Arizona game, obviously, he'll he'll have to, I, I assume he would play the Arizona game, so that would be nice to maybe give him a little little night off, just to rest up and you know just heal up any uh, bruises and things he may have had from previous games. So late Sunday night after the game, uh, the Lightning made a trade. I was surprised when I got the notification; they made a trade for Blake Coleman from the New Jersey Devils. Uh, obviously, they were looking to add another piece to the team. You know, um, I if I said in my trade deadline preview, if you if you look, if you follow Locked On NHL, that will you, that will be available to listen on this Tuesday. So that's tomorrow. You know, a lot of the teams will be talking about what team, what their teams may need, what what if their buyers or sellers, so on. I'm not going to get too much into it, but I. Just to preview it a little bit, I stressed that I, in mine, my piece that I thought that the Lightning should have added, should get a of a, a player that could be physical, add more size to the bottom six, and they did. I mean, Blake Coleman is not a ginormous guy, uh, but at the same time, he, he he's a very physical player, and that's something that the Lightning definitely do need. And at the same time, he he scores twenty goals a year consistently, so that's also very good. Um, but the thing that I'm not crazy about thus far is about the trade. Is they gave up Nolan Foot and the pick from Vancouver for the 2020 draft that they got in exchange for JT Miller. Now I, this is my opinion, and it's not a far out opinion because if you look all over the internet, whether it's social media or the beat writers, they feel the same way, and I think that. Tampa paid a pretty steep price for in this trade. Uh, giving up one of their top prospects in a, in a pick like that where, you know, I think um, New Jersey definitely won out, so kudos to them. But I think this trade long, if, we, if Lightning win a cup, I think that this trade will be fine. I think I would have no problem with a trade. I think with this trade going forward, I think um, any Lightning fan will We'll take a cup and sacrifice a top prospect and a and a first round draft pick. So I think, hopefully, it pays off. That's all we have to see. We have to see going forward. Hopefully, he plays well and he plays the the way he we we think he's supposed to play. So we'll we'll see going forward. Now, a little background on Blake Coleman. Uh, through 57 games this year, he has 21 goals and 10 assists. And Cole and Coleman has uh, averaged 20 20 goals in the last two seasons. So that's good and. In an article that I came across yesterday, you know, I just wanted to get a chance to really see what else Blake Coleman could do, as well as you know, score goals. Because, and like I said, he's a very physical player. This is what my general consensus is, is that he's a very physical player. And if you look at the stats, the stats don't lie. He has 166 hits this year, and that's ninth in the league uh, for forwards. So that's definitely a good thing to have. To have on your stat sheet especially when you're going to a team that needs a player just like that and like i said just a few moments ago is that the lightning do did need a player like blake coleman so that was good they got it and i did say that in the in the preview for locked on nhl so please check that out tomorrow on locked on nhl super excited about that so you guys get a little preview maybe you guys disagree and if you do i would love to hear your feedback so please if, if you have any comments or questions or maybe you disagree with something that I said during a, a certain episode, please write into the podcast at LockedOnLightning at gmail.com or tweet us at LO underscore lightning on Twitter. So love to hear what you guys have to say. You know, mailbags are always fun to read and go through. So Coleman obviously will not play tonight just because the the trade happened late last night. And from what I've read, his wife is also expecting a child, so that's pretty exciting. Congratulations to him. So he will join the team Thursday against the Vegas Golden Knights, so pretty excited to see him play and see what he could do. And I'm, I'm curious to see what the pairing is I th- they'll, they'll put him on with. I think maybe they'll put him on the third line. That would be a pretty good fit for him as well. But, you know, there's more moves to come, obviously, I wouldn't be surprised if the Lightning make maybe another move or maybe two more trades before the trade deadline, which happens Friday. So we definitely have a lot of time to play with and a lot of assumptions to go through throughout this entire week. So I'm super excited to get through this week, talk all about that, as well as the start of this podcast. I'm super excited, super excited to come in you guys every day. So please, once again, if you have any questions or comments, please email the show at LockedOnLightning at gmail.com or tweet us at LO underscore lightning. That's the show. Thank you, everybody. Uh, Have a wonderful rest of your Monday, and let's go Bolts.